Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm sleeping. And George, <laughs> who is sleeping. Sleeping. How you doing again? Uh, sleeping? Asleep. Oh, With okay. the fishes? Tired. Hi, sleeping. I'm your podcast host. Z's coming out of my head. Doesn't sound like you're that excited to talk about part two of a Guys, certain... I've... Movie that I fell we're... asleep three times. What? Three times. Ugh. We're going to have to work hard be... tonight, Travis. I'm not sure if it was the movie, though, because I was working like 12-hour mm. shifts and then trying to watch the movie. But it wasn't like last time where I was like, you know what? I'm falling asleep. Let me save the rest of this. It was like, I want to watch this. I want to watch this. I remedied not that good. by watching it. I got up like four in the morning mm. and I watched it twice, like in two days instead of trying to get my whole day done and then sit at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock and put it on. I watched it in the morning and it helped. Yeah. Caught a lot of things I missed. So it's a possibility. Really? Yeah. I'm a little nervous about this because I like this one more than the first one. Really? Oh yeah. I don't. Oh. It it might have just been the wrong week to watch it for me. I mean, I don't pick, think so though. Pick a hill to die on, George. No, I don't think so though. I think definitely Godfather One is like the the OG original is the best so far. Oh well, <laughs> I'd say uh, we should probably just jump right in then, and just now the elephant in the room has been identified, uh, had its mug shots taken. <laughs> And is now on its way out the door. Now we can just all take a deep breath and enjoy the fact that we spent three and a half more hours in this beautiful world constructed by uh, FFC, right? Francis Ford Coppola. 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 But at the same time, I mean, it had a distinct lack of Las Vegas doctors and cavernous ladies. So was it even the Godfather? I don't know. Right. <laughs> I, I'm speechless. Here's the thing, George. You can make a compelling argument. You won't, though, because you're too tired. Uh, <laughs> you could make a compelling argument that Godfather Part Two is essentially all the stuff on the cutting room floor from the book. From that they were like, hey, here's some other cool stuff that happened. Let's piecemeal it into an interesting uh, narrative of duality, right? Father and son on parallel journeys. Mm-hmm. You could also say this movie is just the stuff they could have left out because the first movie was so good. But you'd be wrong, uh, dead wrong, because this is like the third highest rated movie of all time. Really? This is, yeah, this is like the holy. To me, this is my Citizen Kane. Like, the complexity... I never saw that. Well, when people... Whenever somebody does a top 100, top 50, top 1,000, it always ends with Citizen Kane as number one. Yeah. The critics, the, you know, the, the people that get paid to tell you what to yeah, watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. This movie 
among movie watchers is higher on way. This is usually like number one or number two on their list. Higher than the first one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so what didn't grab you, George? What about this movie worked the first time but did not succeed at, at pulling you in? Or do we literally need to stop the show and make you watch it again tomorrow? Because <laughs> I'll do it. I that. will pull the plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, Take a nap. I felt like the I felt like the first one was a complete idea. It was a it was fluent, you know, like a you know just laid out perfectly. Uh, this one, I get what they were doing, like you said, by showing the father and the son and their journeys coming up, and um. Yeah, I get it. I think that, you know, the coming up of... Um, Vito. Yeah, Vito. Could be its own movie. It's so good. Those parts were so good. Mm. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I think I I really dug those flashbacks. Yeah. And that, To me, that's what makes the movie. Yeah, and... <laughs> What and what was happening today in the movie really wasn't grabbing me. Well, it seems to me like like when I was watching it, I basically was watching the rise and fall of the family. So it's like they're showing you the origins and its destiny, and how no matter how ruthless Vito was, there was a lot of ties. To I don't want to say virtues, but I guess like mafiosa virtues. Like he stayed within the lines of the virtues of the family. Yeah, his son did not. His son ran off the rails, and his son mm-hmm. uh, did things that are unwritten rules that you're not, you should never do. Another character is the same way. So to me, it's like. I've seen it compared to like the the fall of the Roman Empire. Like it's just, it's and they even say it in the movie a few times. They they make reference to Shakespeare, the Roman Empire's falling, and 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 uh, you know like Frankie was it Frankie two angels or four five, five angels? I think it is. Who's the guy who cut his wrists in the tub? Oh, yeah, that guy. He mentions it. Oh, yeah. that guy. He's like the main. <laughs> purpose yeah of the he's movie. the he's the guy he's yeah. the the guy who was testifying against right the guy who supposedly was killed but wasn't um and then they they tried to parallel it with real life history which was kind of cool too but i mean yeah i I like the older stuff and i know people complained about how it's jumping back and forth uh to me, it didn't bother me at all. It, it, to me, it had it had all had purpose. Actually, during one of the uh, one of the flashbacks, so are they even really flashbacks? They're really, I don't know. During the grocery store scene, mm-hmm. when uh, when Vito and whoever else was there were like sitting in the back, and like I I paused it, and I was like, Meg, come in here, and she's like, What? I was like, I need your help. Just come in here. 
And she's like, what? And I, I like hit play. I'm like, is that Robert De Niro? <laughs> oh. And she's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think. Is he on the, is he like on the IMDb? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't look at it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but is that him? I, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yo. One of the only times. Again, again, an actor that like, I know, I know Robert De Niro. Right. I know what he looks like. I've seen him in like a, bun- a bunch of stuff. And I see him in this movie and I'm like, is that because he's so young mm-hmm. or at least he looks that way in the movie. I'm like. And he doesn't speak, I think, more than three lines of English. It's all Italian. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of, you don't get the De Niro voice that you're used to. But you kind of do though. Yeah, you do. But he's kind of trying to channel that whole jaw forward type thing. He's trying to do the Brando impression. Yep. But a young Brando. Yep. But still Vito. So, yeah, you kind of get lost in it. You do get, like, De Niro's, like, you know, his faces mm-hmm. and his shrugs and his, you know. Like, that's actually what gave him away for me. Right. But, like, I honestly was like, is that even him? Or is it just someone that, like, kind of looks like him? I'm like, no, nah, it's got to be him. Man, that's yeah. a good opportunity. Yeah. Travis and I should have teased you last week that Robert De Niro would have been really good in the first Godfather. <laughs> Who would he have played? <laughs> uh, we should have done that. <laughs> We were both. We could both could hear each other smirking. <laughs> we were doing that. Yeah, it was the. Uh, I think the one is it the one and the only time that the same character was nominated for an Oscar played by two different people. I think. I think it's only happened at that time. They both got nominated, and I think they both won. If I'm not mistaken. I think I prefer the Michael stuff to the Vito stuff this time. Mm. No way. I think I did. I do like the Michael stuff. And the whole, like, you weren't drawn in by the whole uh, brother thing? and No. Wow. Somebody who's, like, a huge Godfather fan would probably just be screaming at you right now. You're lucky I'm not. What's the brother thing that I'm supposed to be into? Did you watch a movie? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like you know, Fredo. Fredo is jealous because Fredo. Fredo is basically the Brutus of the story. Like yes, he's complete yep. and total betrayal. Yep. And then he has to kill his own brother. Like it's pretty, I guess, epic. <laughs> What's cool I'm, is this is the first time I've watched this movie in widescreen. So. Mm-hmm. Even though I knew Fredo was always shot at the end of the movie, that's the first time I've seen the gun. The barrel? Yeah. You just see the barrel, right? It's all yeah, I but saw. like... Yeah, on a pan and scan, you just hear the sound. Yeah, you just hear the sound. So it's like when you're watching it widescreen, you see the guy in the boat, you see him holding the rod, then they're zooming in, he's still holding the rod, and all of a sudden, right when they get within reach, you can you just see the see, barrel You just out. see the tip of the barrel, yeah, the barrel on the side of the screen. Yeah. But old days, you didn't see that because of the pan scan. Mm-hmm. You just saw Fredo. Pantscan sucks. sucks. Sometimes. Sometimes it can really like change the movie for the better if it's mm-hmm. a poorly directed movie with a good editor doing the pan and scan. That's true. You can clean it up a little bit. But... And I mean, the, the Vito stuff was cool because you got to see the, the younger versions of his two henchmen as well from the first movie. Which supposedly, um, I'm trying to remember what the... Uh, uh, the one character's name, he was supposed to be the informant. And then they didn't bring him back for the movie, so that's why they brought in the other guy. The mm. guy who was testifying. So it would have been even more tragic if it was 
his right hand man from the first movie. Right. That was doing all the the cleanup. Yeah. Was actually the one who turned him in or was gonna turn to the feds. Yeah, I kind of felt like there was a lot of new characters. A lot of new characters that were like supposedly huge players. And I was like, okay, well, why haven't I heard of them before? Well, I was happy Joe Spinell was back as Chi-Chi again. Mm-hmm. Haven't watched these movies since way before I got into his work. And so now it's just like, oh, my old friend. <laughs> the the corrupt cop from Cruising. It's nice to see you again, Joe Spinell. And Duvall freaking killed it. Oh, my God. Although, okay, <sighs> okay. Here's the thing. It's clear that George needs to watch this movie again in a little bit when he's had more more rest. But Sleep. I yeah. do, I have some concerns about them making Hagen the Dawn. Like, that seems like a, that, that doesn't seem like their technical advisor was doing their job. To spend, like, the whole first movie being like, oh, we love Tom, but, like, you know, he's, you know, uh-uh. <laughs> you know, well, and then all I of a sudden he's like, as, "Okay, now you're the Don. You're in charge. I'm out of here." Like, what? Right. I took I took it as he purposely took Tom Hagen out of the equation, so he didn't know all the stuff that was going down, so then he could be, uh, not involved. Well, and that's kind of the speech they have between each other, but that doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, if you're like in a legitimate business, right, and you're like, "I'm the CEO of this legitimate business." And I've got to go away for a little while, you know. I've got to go Bill Gates my way right out of right out of this Microsoft situation. You're not going to put some friend of yours who hasn't been at the company for 40 years in charge, right? You're going to want them mm-hmm. to have that inside knowledge, like the knowledge would. So maybe I just don't understand mob politics. Yeah, but it's it's pl- was it called plausible deniability if you're not really involved? But he's in charge. It's not yeah. that he's just like in name going to be the the figurehead, like. Right. He gives them all the power and is like, you have all the power. You have all my abilities. Also, you have no idea what I've been up to for a couple of years because I've been keeping you out of the loop. Good luck. Mm. That didn't make any sense. I would say this movie, uh, part two, has a lot of really good moments. And I'm glad that those moments are here. But I think George is right that the plot itself isn't nearly as tight. It's a lot of really well, yeah. good ideas. Well, the the whole Hyman character is like uh, Hyman Roth, which is the mm-hmm. the Jewish guy in yeah. Florida. Uh, that got a little confusing. Um, not confusing, like I didn't know what was going on, but it it was it was they were trying to build this complex spider web of of this person's doing it, and then they're showing Michael basically going to each person and saying this person did it, just trying to throw them off. When he knows it's it's Fredo working through Roth, but he's like trying to throw everybody else off mm-hmm. by just saying he knows that it's this person and this person. That made it more confusing because it, it, just like when you're watching Game of Thrones or something, there's so many character names that if you're not a huge fan and have watched it 10, 15, 20 times, you don't really know who these people are sometimes. Then I had the subtitles on because, again, I'm watching it at a weird time, so it's like I didn't want it to be too loud. So some of the things, some of the nuance that the acting was happening was being lost because I was trying to read. Mm-hmm. The uh, and then I'm like, okay, that's I know that name, but I'm trying to put a face. Like 
So yeah, it did get confusing. It felt like one of those half-baked spy movies where invariably the mentor becomes the bad guy spy and the young person, you know, and it's just like the cliche of the spy movie. But instead it was just like this endless weave of like, he really doesn't know, but he's trying to act like he does know, but really he might know. And they're making it really clear to the audience that it's Fredo really early in the movie. Did you catch Mm. that? Like real Mm. early on George, that it was Fredo the whole time. Cause they, they tease it real good. And I didn't, I already knew. So I didn't know if it was working or not, or if I just, uh, let me think. When did I know it was Fredo? Probably when he got the call late at night. Oh, after the, they shot his windows out? After they tried to kill him in the window? Yeah. No, when Fredo got the call. He was in the bed with his wife. And, oh, right, right, right. And he was like, I told you to never call me on this number, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that call. Right. And I was like, oh, he's involved in some shit. But I didn't know that it was Fredo that tried to kill him that night. Was I supposed to? Uh, like when they shot out his bedroom windows and stuff? I think there was still supposed to be some confusion. So I don't know if they... At that point? I didn't even catch the What tease are you talking about, about, Dan? How did they tease it? I probably missed it. Even from the original assassination attempt, it's the wife of Frida that finds the dead guys. Mm. Because mm-hmm. they're... They're with... outside my door! Right. She's like screaming, yeah. Yeah. So there's your tease. Like, oh, why are they so close to Fredo? Oh, because they... Got killed by Fredo's guys. Hmm. I don't know, guys. I don't There's know. Certain things like th- there, there's something in the first movie that I totally missed, and I don't know if it's because things were cut out or whatever. But the guy who's the horse's head ended up in his bed. Mm-hmm. He apparently was like sleeping with a twelve-year-old girl, and Hagen saw that in the book. Yeah, like I, I, I saw. In, I was watching the deleted scenes. No, it's in the deleted scenes. They oh, they ha- filmed, they filmed it. They filmed it. Yeah, gross. It's in there. All three, all three references to that little girl are in the deleted scenes. So when I, after I finished watching two, I went back and watched all the deleted scenes, and I'm like, oh my god, what's this part? And it shows the movie producer come into the room, and he kind of gives that girl, that twelve year old girl, a pony, mm. which was cut out of the movie because they cut out all the other references to that girl, which was Hagen seeing her coming out of his bedroom. And her mother telling her to go back in the bedroom so you can tell the mom was trafficking her to the producer. Like, it wasn't like he had kidnapped her. Like, the mom right. was compliant. Uh, which kind of added to the the horse's head thing, kind of made it even better. They should have probably cut his junk off. That would have been nice. I don't know, man. That part of the book, I remember... Because keep in mind, it's been, I don't know, 15 years since I read the book. And that part is always has always stuck out to me as just like egregiously ugh. And so yeah. you know, just like the cavernous lady and the doctor from Las Vegas, those are the things I remember from the book. And I was kind of relieved to see how they handled it in the final cut of the first one, where you just he mentions liking girls, but he doesn't get like specific. He doesn't say little girls, right? Ugh. Yeah. I've been spoiled by the Christopher Nolan, Stanley Kubrick kind of thing. I don't even think about looking for deleted scenes for movies of this caliber. But now I have to go back and start looking for <laughs> references to my favorite horrifying subplot. So <laughs> I'm going to go watch those deleted scenes. <laughs> and if there's anything good, Dan and Post will catch you up right here. Nice. Oh, man. Just made him more of a scumbag, which was good. Yeah, I don't know, man. I have to say, like, I enjoyed Godfather Part 2 today. 
I actually, I, I remember thinking like, oh, I've only got an hour left. Like, this is so good to be in this world. And I don't know. Some of it just seems like, like the deleted scenes from the first one cobbled together into a three-hour narrative a little bit. And there's some really heavy-handed stuff where I was like, oh, yeah, they're oh, it's too obvious. Take it back. Like, the part where... I felt like that, too. He's cutting up the cake, you know, and he's... It's Hyman's, you know, he's spreading his his uh, influence around and divvying it up for after he's gone, you know, and they're, they're literally cutting a cake. <laughs> and at first I was like, right. okay, cool, they're cutting into the cake. I like, oh, God, we're still doing cake. Oh, we're... Oh, we're hit. A lot of cake, like... Just, you know, the metaphor was great, and then it was just overdone. And I was like, Mm, oh, this cake is dry. (laughs) Uh, I can't believe only, like, 20 minutes into this and we're talking about cake already. Like, (laughs) maybe we should skip this episode. (laughs) It felt like... It felt like it was... The walls were thin? No. Uh. It felt like... uh, All right, so back in the day... Meg's brother tried to write a book. And it was terrible. <laughs> Does he know it was terrible? So we're not outing him right now? I, I don't know and I don't really care. <laughs> because the way his brain works is he thinks of a cool situation. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, I got to write this into my book how am i going to get there what this movie was was a bunch of those ideas this is a cool situation this is a cool situation there was like 10 cool situations and they were like we got to jam all these into a movie mm. it's almost like and shooting that's, like and that's what this was pornography you know <laughs> we've got this cool house yeah we've got this cool boat movie's done but it's not that bad. I mean, come on, guys. It was pretty good. The ending, guys. Okay, George. No, but the scenes, like the scenes, like the, the situations, the ideas are good ideas. It's just they're not laid out in a coherent, mm. cohesive way. And they really up the scale, too. Like all the outdoor scenes are all period, and there's like a billion people on the streets at different times. Like they put the money into the production values Maybe they could have saved a couple of bucks for uh, like a, I don't know. That that narrative. scene where Vito is stalking the the it's boss. Amazing! The whole movie just should have been that. Oh God! Let's just let's just that was so well let done. The, let the movie just be Godfather Two, the rise, the rise of, Vito. of Vito. Done. Like even after like. After he kills the guy, and then he like disassembles the gun, and like it, it, to me, it was just it was perfect. Okay, the, let's talk about that. I do want to talk about that. It's been a while since we talked about firearms, so I'm gonna ask you guys a question as to <laughs> if that was a good idea or a bad idea to disassemble the gun. Here's the thing. I think it's kind of a bad idea. Why is that? Because it makes it brings attention to it well it reminds me of a friend of mine growing up who managed through whatever skullduggery to come upon a magazine back when they used to print those on paper Mm. of a slightly inappropriate for children of our age 
Mm-hmm. It was like his glorious little secret. You know, he loved his magazine. He had his magazine. He kept it hidden. He loved his magazine. And then one day, the heat got too hot and he had to throw it away. And he was very mm-hmm. sad. And I remember him telling me, oh, man, my mom was about to find out I had it. So I went outside on my way to school and I tore the magazine in half and I put half in one trash can and half in the other. <laughs> and I was like, dude, it doesn't matter. Now you've doubled your chances of getting caught because no matter what trash can you put it in, it's obvious that half of a pornographic magazine is still pornography. Like, you doubled your chances of being caught. That's the dumbest thing. And he didn't wear gloves, so there's fingerprints. And that's the thing. I'm watching Vito do this. And I'm just like, man, aside from being able to, like, damage the gun to the point that the ballistics wouldn't match anymore, you're putting your fingerprints all over this gun, and you're now you're increasing every time you put a piece in those stovepipes. You're increasing the chance that someone saw you do it because you've extended the time of the, the escape, if you will. And you've increased the chance that at any time a maintenance man might find a chunk that's obviously part of a gun and report it to the police. Well, how were the forensics back in 1918? I like, was thinking the same thing. I don't, I don't really think it, I don't think it, any of that really mattered back then. Then why did he break up the gun? Why didn't he just hide it in one stovepipe? Why didn't he just keep it? Why didn't he just yeah, keep it? Dri- just drive keep it down it. to the lake and throw it. So I don't know. That part, it like, it, it looked well, like they we, showed you how hard it was to get a gun. So I don't understand why they would destroy it. It looked like they crossed over at that moment. And it's not quite jumping the shark like you do with TV shows, but it was that moment when you jump from a realistic depiction to like somebody had a really fun idea and they just went with it. Yes, it was one of those ideas. Mm. It worked on me. I thought it was cool. I th- they are cool. I I didn't think they were stove stacks. I thought they were like more like uh, exhaust stacks that were not really accessible. Like by sewer. People. Yeah, it could be not sewer really pipe. sewer vents. I thought maybe that maybe uh yeah not really maybe a whole gun wouldn't stoves. fit down a sewer vent. Maybe he had to break it apart to get rid of it from the rooftop. Yeah, not clear from the way they present it. I don't know. The thing about this one is I feel like they do a not a bad job, but I feel like they're making an effort to occasionally but inconsistently try to paint Vito as like Batman. And then they kind of dial it back and be like, oh, but he's still a Stone Cold killer. Don't worry. He's still. But now he's a good guy. He's a great citizen. He helps old ladies and he guts a guy. You know? Yeah, but the guy he gutted did kill his parents. Yeah, I know. I know. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm he, saying. Actually, he is kind of Batman. Yeah. He's a little Batman. I mean, in his in his coming up, he certainly was. And I mean, if, if Batman were as old as Vito in the first Godfather, he probably would have, you know, uh, Aaron. Pass the mantle. Aaron's guys. Guys, you know, uh, teammates you know a nightwing or a a huntress who might <laughs> run around yeah. and do the favors for him and then with a buffer in between so they can't testify that he ever mm-hmm. told him that a buffer and then when he gets old enough he would sit in a chair and talk in an earpiece and man in the chair he would just have to stay away from oranges yeah death death oranges back with a vengeance in this one I found out that they are, because they, they make an appearance in part three as well. 
it, it's completely purposeful because of the I think the image of the orange means something in Italian lore means like uh, I don't know like repentance or something. I don't George, know. can you uh, me, can you give me us Google that twenty five percent of a yeah? You're the twenty five percent on that percenter. <laughs> Look up what the orange me. means in in the Italian uh, culture. Forgiveness. It means something. It has a. Uh, I don't think it's a thing, guys. I think the movie made it a thing. Uh, why do Italians peel fruit? Go home, Google. You're drunk. <laughs> uh, they mean death in the story. So when you see them, that means somebody's going to die. Then why were they at the wedding at the beginning of the first one? I don't get it. Because the wedding is a symbol of death. According to Bill Burr. I mean, like, that one guy does eventually get <laughs> murdered, right? So, but that's the end of the movie. I don't think that, that get, orange is still... murdered. Apply. Well, the Carlo or whatever, the husband. They, well, they only apply to Vito. No, in this one, uh, it was the the crime boss before he got shot. The first Don that Vito takes out, he's eating an orange. I think it's intentional, yes. but just clumsy, guys. Mm. They're just not consistent enough. They think they did it, but they forgot that they had an orange at the wedding. And so then they didn't want to restage the wedding because it'd be very expensive. So they kept it and we get an orange that doesn't matter. Very weird. I did think it was kind of devastating to see uh, Sonny back. That was nice to have Sonny back. But to see him introduce Carlo to his sister, that's a bummer. Like, that's a good emotional moment because you're just like, oh, no. Sonny did this to himself. Fredo comes back, too. Well, I think they were kind of implying the introduction of Connie's husband was the beginning of the downfall. Like, they were all fine until... I can't remember what his name was. Well, it could be that, or it could be that, you know, Michael went into the Marines. Like, that all happens kind of simultaneously. But it does. That last scene, that's what we want. I wanted to talk about the end, because you get that last scene... From the old timeline, which I guess is now like the middle timeline. So this feels like, uh, you know. Uh, 1985B. Right. So, yeah, you're in 19, I guess it's 41. And Okay, guys. Okay. This movie has a really good idea, which is Michael joins the Marines without telling anybody to defy the deferment he didn't want in the first place because he wants to define himself not by what his father wants, but what he wants, right? That is mm-hmm. a universal human story. Yes, in fantastic collars. And they looked so collaredly. Yes. And it's fine. I, I'm fine with that. And I love the way the scene ends where he's alone at the table because they've all gone off without him, but really he's the one who's pulling away from them. And then you have the end of the movie with him alone in the park. Like, that's good. That's a great ending. I don't know if the movie earned such a great ending because just five minutes earlier, they were like, oh, the Japanese army, and that's exactly what they say and nothing else. The Japanese army and navy have attacked us on our father's birthday. Isn't this terrible? But like, why is Michael joining the Marines if the war hasn't started? And it's the birthday party for Vito right then that moment. So, like, there is a timeline where uh, 
the Japanese attack Pearl Harbor. Think that. Michael quits college on the way to his father's All birthday of that would party. Take so much more time. Yeah, you're talking about a, a and think how long it takes to get the news out, right? Because by radio or telegraph, you're talking, you know, hours after the event. Probably, I doubt you're going to get you, civilian are news. Are you following what we're talking about, Trav? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, yeah, yeah I, my brain just broke. I was like, guys, you dropped the ball. Like, you had it. You had me. But you chose to have the birthday party and the Japanese attack on the birthday. It doesn't have to be that. Rather way. than just be like, ah, oh, we're here for this birthday party. Can you believe what happened a week ago when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor? Boom. Not even it. a week ago. It doesn't even have to be a week ago. Three days? How long does it take Michael to decide he needs to become his own man and join the Marines? Hell, I give I mean, him 12 be, hours, right? But you just don't have time. You it could be months. Just don't have time. It could be months. He could join in 1944. He could be like, oh, the offensive is yeah. about there, to start. Like, So explain to me the, the deferment, right? What is that? Is that like because he was drafted? Right, exactly. And if he's right? drafted, okay. when did we so start the when, draft? Exactly right. I need exactly. A date. When did we start drafting young men for World War II? Not on the day the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. Not at all. Did we have right? a large standing army back then, though? Wait, I thought the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor. Uh, let's see. Stop it. The registering <laughs> of the draft. <laughs> What's that, Animal House? Yeah. yeah. So selective service <laughs> starts uh, in 1940, September of 40. So the draft is a new thing at that point. Yeah, because the first wave was everybody first just First peacetime draft in United States history. So 1940, you've got a selective service draft. So you could have a deferment. As early as 1940, if they were all getting ahead of the game, but like if it's the first ever peacetime draft and we're not actively at war, that doesn't really hold a lot of water that he would have a deferment that quick. But it is, but it is possible, though. It is possible. Are, that wait, part are you is saying possible. he joined before Pearl Harbor? Yeah, he would have to if this, show, if this movie had a good timeline, uh, if you could trust the timeline above all else. Because they're at a birthday party on December 7th, and he's already joined the Marines. But did they ever establish that he joined the Marines not because of the bombing, but actually because he was trying to prove something to him, to himself? Yes. Maybe he was trying to keep well, himself out of the family. They keep did. himself out of the shenanigans. They did establish that. But they also said that, you know, Vito got him a deferment, which means that he was drafted. Right. I think his father wanted him to basically become like a decorated war hero, not a war hero, but a decorated soldier so he could Mm-mm. advance in the nope. political. Nope. No, nope. I thought he, I thought his dream for Michael no. was to be no. in, like almost like a no, president. His dream for something. Michael was to be the Don of the family. Well, but I don't. First one, okay. So this movie kind of sucks, and you guys are ruining it for me. Because yeah, you're pointing out some things that are super inconsistent. In the first movie, it's very clear that the Don, that Vito, does not want Michael involved in the family business, and it's not established when he decides that. But the implication is in the first movie that Vito is so happy that one of them got out of the business and into like legitimate life. But, oh, see, I didn't read that either. I think that, okay, 
this is the only way this is possible. Michael joins the Marines. Just for the hell of it. At this point, Vito wants Michael to be involved. Yeah, because he sees in Michael the ability to be politician. Somebody on the inside. That's why I looked at it. Like somebody who could be electable. Because his okay, other son so is who's like going to run head. the family? Is it Santino? He's already uh, Vito's already said Santino's a hothead, right? Right, but he doesn't say and he was a bad Fredo, don until he's already dead. So he was giving him the the chance. Okay, and then and Fredo isn't that bright, right? And Tom is an Italian, right? So it's got to be Michael, right? But the way I read it was because uh, they talked about how Vito had these different. Uh, elements in his pocket basically these politicians these judges whatever so he was going to turn one of his sons into a into boss one of his sons into a politician politician like one the kennedys of his, yeah i read it like the kennedys okay see now that ruins the whole first movie for me if that is what they were going for because i always read it as he was hoping to you know like so many people who are involved in these kind of uh you know extra legal situations uh, especially in families where you such a such a polite way to put it. Yeah, uh, the idea being that you know I will do this with my life so my children don't have to. Right, right. And so that disappointment on his face when he finds out that Michael's the one that killed the uh, the captain and Salazzo, right? When he when he killed uh, what was his Dick Handley or whatever that, Dick's Handley mm. <laughs> when he killed Dick's Handley in the in the diner in the first one. His disappointment. I always read that as like, oh no. The one who He's could have been in. legitimate is now stuck in here. It's it's like I think that was still read correctly. I just think he he had better thoughts for what Michael was going to do in the okay, future. Okay, but so it's just again, so cynical to be like, oh yes, yeah. this is my best son. He will give me political access for my family to get into the yeah. Senate. Like you're already in the <laughs> it's Senate, sad, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know if I'm re- I'm ready to like no, sell I'd, Vito I'd, up I the river for that. I didn't read it like that. I didn't read it like. Oh no, my son who was going to be this is going to be that. Like, you know, I I didn't read it like that. I did read it like a like a road to perdition kind of mm-hmm. storyline where it's like, "No, Vito, you weren't supposed to get involved. I wanted you to stay innocent." Is Michael. Right. And not and not for political not not for family reasons or business reasons. He just wanted Michael to be innocent. Right. Because I believe that. I don't think he had ulterior motives where he wanted Michael to be a politician so he could use him. I think this is th- a beautiful storyline that wasn't really developed. I think that I think that Vito like I think that Vito There's a storyline here. Vito knows that this isn't sustainable. Right. Vito doesn't want his kids to continue this. Okay. Right? Vito wants to end it before his kids get involved. His whole career, that's what he's trying to do. But he's not successful because his kids are grown and they're involved. Right. Right? But at least Michael isn't. Right? right? At least Michael defied me and did his own thing and joined the military. At least a part of my family will be saved from this. Right. I think I think that's, Vito... That's what I got from... That's what I kind of inferred was... Vito's thing like yeah Vito didn't want this for his kids right you know what I mean he was doing this so that his family could have a better life and he thought that Michael was going to right I think that he saw Michael as someone who was going to 
climb the climb the ladder and become powerful like but himself. not for the family but not business. for the family right he was going to be a president or a vice president or a senator or whatever and i don't think Vito was thinking ooh i need to get him in so he could help us right i think he wanted that for michael because it's still a powerful position but it's legit right and uh it's it's something he could be proud of as a father right. that i i did this but he did that and that that trumps what i did but none of this is actually written in there. No. Which, which may be a good thing. Yeah, man. Though. You know, because I think it's one of those things where, like, maybe if they tried to do it, it would end up being too on the nose and it would just, like, wouldn't be right. Right. You know? But then again, we have all this confusion at the end of this movie. Which I don't, I don't know. Just forget about this movie. I kind of like the, the idea one. that, like, <laughs> I don't know. The first one, just leave it. This movie leaves me torn because I love the idea that Michael, the one who should have been out, is actually the best one at it, and it's like his destiny to actually not only take over the family business but actually like somewhat legitimize it. You know, take it on that next step toward legitimacy, which. At the end of the first one, it's really like, okay, we're in Vegas now. We have actual businesses. Maybe my kids will actually be fully legitimate business people. And we did it, right? But then in this movie, he is so overmatched at so many times. And it's like, it's an interesting move to be like, okay, he was great at it. And then the world changed, you know? And that's mm -hmm. cool. That's a good idea. I like to see that explored. But I don't think they committed enough to it because you could make a compelling movie where it's like this guy is the best of his generation and now it's 10 years too late and Cuba's fallen and the Justice Department's up his butt and the Senate's looking into it and all these things. Like you could really make a thing and instead they just kind of like, oh, hey, he's got to do the same thing as last time only now he's got to kill a second layer of people. Third best movie <laughs> of all time, IMDb. Hmm. I don't know. The DVD looks better though. The Blu-ray, it wasn't nearly as compressed as the first one. So, let's get those 4K remasters going. Paramount, come on. Fiftieth hmm. anniversary next year, so we'll probably get them. Travis is disappointed. I, I like them both the same, but I do, I do enjoy the complexity of the story, and I like the fact that the the first movie is so old world family just like tighten it and then this movie shits on all that by basically saying you know they, they just open up with you know this the senator at the house and it's so just it's just so drained of any of the italian you know yeah. culture it's so drained like the whole story basically takes you down that road that the old way is dead and the new way is going to get them all basically either arrested or killed. And he's so good. Like Dan said, he's so good at this that the only way he's going to fall is basically from his own family. That's going to, that's going to burn him from within basically. Well, and it does parallel the fall of the Roman empire in a lot of ways where it's like, we've got a set way. This is how we do things, but we can't adapt to the world as it changes around us. And that's, that's a good story to tell but I don't know if it succeeds. I do really like the Lake Tahoe parts, but I, I have friends that live in Tahoe, and so uh, 
the time I've been out there, it's very pretty. And it was pretty in this mm. movie too. So that was cool. I was like, hey, I like Tahoe. I know that place. <laughs> also, the senator is awesome. Like, he's a really good, yeah, terrible good. bad guy. Like, a good, terrible human. And the way they set him up. <sighs> like every senator. Like, geez louise, guys. Yeah. That might be the most foul, like, setup I've seen in a movie. Like, where they set it, you know. Yeah, he just wakes up and she's gutted in front of him. That yeah. was great. That was, ooh. That and and Kay telling him that she she killed his child, man. I thought he was going to kill her right there. And I've seen this movie. I was waiting for him to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> but again, in the subtlety, the, the Coppola Pacino subtlety, you know, when he walks over and he just shuts the door in her face, that, that mm-hmm. was, uh, it's not equal to killing her, but damn. Because you thought he's just staring at her. He's going he's gonna to either punch her in front of his kids or he's going to have her whacked and just, just that slamming to the door. I don't know. I, you think, know, I think he probably should have killed her. And generally, I'm just not a person to complain about what I'm about to mention, but I did today think about certain people who also were on this podcast who always complain about the current climate, you know, and woke culture, things like that, where today a lot of our media is, you know, with a certain, uh, an agenda, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, certain remakes of 70s slasher movies that take place at Christmas, right? Recently, uh, maybe for some people had too much of the modern political discussion in it, maybe to mm-hmm. be like a palatable movie experience. But this, when the abortion part comes up in this one, the first thing my, you know, voice in the back of my head went was, oh, God, it's the 70s. You got to have an abortion. Right. I think what what I heard was it's, it was like on the fly decision. He was supposed to, uh, it was supposed to be a miscarriage. But it but, was the 70s. And so we've got to have an abortion well, in here. Yeah, but I, from what I, the way I heard it was more like he would, it would hurt him more. Well, and it, like he, it should because, like, you know, but still, like, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird thing and I don't care in the end, you know. No. It's not a, it doesn't politically offend me that in the 70s as a nation when we were working through Roe v. Wade, that a lot of movies as part of our, like, dealing with it have an abortion in them. It's right. just weird I never for a movie. even took it as, a, as, as political though when I heard it. I took it more of and and of someone. I mean, I'm the one you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so I never even took that as a political statement about. I didn't even think about Roe v. Wade. I just took it on a personal level. The whole character of Michael Corleone is about. Uh, he he's murdered a lot of people, and he's whacked a lot of people. He's aborted a lot of people, and then mm-hmm. she. What she did was. Because his first question to Hagen was, was it a boy? boy. Mm-hmm. She whacked any chance of another one of his children taking what, over for what him. What would happen to someone who whacked one of his sons? Right. And I didn't take it for anything other than she was getting at him. Not really. I never thought political. Well, and here's the thing. I'm not saying, you just said that. I'm not saying at all that The Godfather Part 2 is taking a stance. But I'm saying right. that Godfather Part 2 is shot the year after Roe v. Wade. 
And there is a series of movies in the mainstream in America made after Roe v. Wade and slightly before that like have these kind of ham-fisted kind of attached at the last minute abortion storylines that don't need to be there, but like very much in the way that I think this needed to be there. But so. it didn't have to be there, man. I think it did. Like though. they added it and it worked, but it didn't have to be there. I look at it as it didn't go far enough. Oh. I th- like I think that his reaction was a little unexpected. I thought he was so gonna dude. lose his shit. I okay. thought she was dead when she said it. Well she she probably is. But they just don't show it. Here's why I think it's necessary. Because without it, the betrayal is just, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Right? Big deal. Go. Right? Mm-hmm. Big deal. And it also She pagan. has to be dead to him. Right. Right? And that's, and that's why I feel that it's necessary. And I mean, uh, you, you, yeah, I mean, that's fine. And uh, also, also, I feel like it didn't come across political because if anything, the abortion was not, it wasn't glorified. It wasn't shown in a good or bad way. No, no, well, it, was, I mean, it, was, it was, it was a bad way. But I mean, it wasn't in like a, pol- like a, an argument type situation where they didn't sit there and go back and forth about you know i'm the father but like they didn't make it anything other than it was her decision to get at him not her decision as a woman i don't think she did it to get at him either i think she was being honest when she said i don't i wouldn't want to bring another one of your sons into the world i think that that was the truth she didn't want to bring another mobster into the world she didn't want to be responsible for another mobster right i think that was the truth but here's the thing guys that's not the way it goes in the book. There is no abortion in the book. The movie well, is made not. the year of Roe v. Wade. It's released the year after. And I'm looking at an interview here. I, I get it I that it doesn't... But it's I just, get it that it's not in the book. You don't think it needs to be there. But I think that, that the fact that they added it, it actually makes the movie better. Right, and it does add layers because that actually makes Hagen complicit. Hagen Does it, though? Does he know? I think he knows. So who would have taken her? Because she was confined. She was confined to the compound. So basically someone had to take her. I don't think Hagen's complicit. It does add a little mystery. Hagen would not do that. He couldn't. But when he told her it was a miscarriage, they leave it open for your interpretation of whether he knew it was or not. I don't think it's possible that he knew. But he was looking at other offers and wasn't telling Michael But every author offer that he was turning down. So... Actually, maybe he knew. Maybe it was his baby. I mean, if we're maybe in. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe he knew, but he didn't do anything to stop it. I don't think he drove her. That well, would, no, that would, I mean, that would be, he would be dead too. They had already established that she was not allowed to leave. So someone with power had to take her out of there. Someone. Unless the doctor came to the house. So you want to hear something funny? That'd be weird. Yeah, what? So. Uh, in this article from IndieWire, uh, it's got a quote here from Kobla saying, uh, actually, it was my sister Talia who came up with that idea. 
couple of rights. I loved it because it seems symbolic, and the only way a woman married to such a man could halt the satanic dance continuing generation after generation. Mario wasn't sure about it, but he let me have it. So the author didn't put it in the book and actually mm-hmm. didn't wasn't really on board with it, but let him have it. But like it's that thing where like they're making a movie. It's nineteen seventy three and his his sister is just like, Hey, this is a thing we're all dealing with right now. Let's put it in your movie and it's like, but this movie takes place in nineteen sixty. Like, I guess it's just I don't know. It's a hot button issue. It's just an interesting relic of a time gone by. Not it's not a, to go a little strange. Movie but of its what, time. Since you're Googling, what year did uh Dirty Dancing take place? I've never seen Dirty Dancing dudes. Really? Yeah. Well there there is a there is a something tells re- me you're not missing nothing. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a good movie. But there is reference to an abortion and it does take place pre I mean, people have been getting abortions so, since the dawn. Yes, of time, I mean so. it, it does come up to where it's. Nineteen sixty-three. It was what? Is when 30, the movie takes place. Thirty dancing. Yep. Storyline. Okay. In nineteen sixty-three, so, Francis. Yeah, so it's Baby the same, same thing. Ugh, guys. Ugh. I mean, I've heard the line "nobody puts baby in the corner" or whatever, and that is a is a funny thing to laugh at. But when I actually have to see it written out that they call her baby. Ugh. Only her dad calls her baby. Oh, man. Her name's Francis. Francis. Would you call your daughter Francis? Can we watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure instead? <laughs> Third dancing's not for our podcast, but it's not a bad movie. It's not I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I mean, I guess so what, I can that's shit on it. what we're watching next is Dirty Dancing. There Dirty Dancing. Because it has, it has the A in it, and it's not political. Actually, it's more political in the that A. movie. <laughs> yeah. It's more political in that movie than in this. Grease does it too, but I think that was in, actually in the stage play as well. But I don't remember when the stage play was written. So, yeah, I'm trying to. Th- the reason why I'm thinking out loud is I'm thinking of the movies that you were referencing that were mainstream movies were referencing abortions after Roe v. Wade, and I can't think of that many of them. So, anyways, I don't think it was political because. Because you kind of cut me off, it like it doesn't show it in any kind of light. Like you see two sides, and they just leave it at that. You see the side where the woman doesn't want to bring another mobster in the world, right? Which I don't know. I'm not gonna say that's a good reason. It's it's whatever. That's the one side, and then the other side is you killed my child. So you just even, you just have those two sides and they're just there. And he, I and don't even not, take it to that level. Like there's no like commentary on it. It's just that's what it is. He's not saying you killed my child. He's looking. He's looking at it as a narcissist. You killed my future. Like he wasn't even caring about the child. He was just caring about the fact that she made a decision to end a bloodline that would continue his that was his well and here's right. why but this he is didn't stupid. care about the child here's why this is a stupid thing to add to the movie okay if this was his first and only chance at a son with her then it is like this you know uh henry the eighth level like royalty bloodline dude's got a son already like yeah he'd have a second son a redundant extra son <laughs> a henchman a redundant son well, right there's sunny there's sunny and there's michael right but i mean well he might get a fredo out of it maybe she he saved him the trouble here's the thing it's 
it's the kind of thing that if they were planning on it from the beginning, they could have built this up to be a really powerful moment. But because they never thought about it in the previous script, because it wasn't in the book, and because they mm-hmm. didn't think about it until they were writing this movie and they were looking for a better end for Kay, like... Again... I'm not saying it was a political stance in the movie. I'm not saying this movie is trying to be political. I'm saying this movie was made in 1974, so everybody's talking about it. It's on everybody's mind. And so it's like the first thing they think of to give her like a a tough girl exit. But like, she's already got one. What's she going to do with her son now? You know, what's going to happen to Anthony? Right. I don't like it. No, I think you're right. I think that the way you described it, him not having a son yet would have been even more yes. impactful. And that's yes. how you can tell it was just thrown in. Yes, that would have been. But I still am- think. Would have been amazing. I still think it makes it better. But again, I mean, Michael aborted Fredo. So, I mean, it's like. <laughs> it's true. A lot of people got aborted. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of abortions. Well, and it just goes way. against this whole thing of like people can get better generation to generation. You know, it takes away all. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a reflection of her cynicism having, you know, seen Michael fall back into it. May I. Mm. I think that this was a... Yeah, it's all that. They she was a not shot. a very well-fleshed-out character to begin with. No. True. I mean, even in the first movie. They, she really... To have Diane Keaton and not use her to her best ability, they just kind of... I don't know. They never really gave her much meat. So that was like the only scene where she really had some, some stuff to chew on. Right. Wow. This movie's bad, guys. Did you ruin Godfather 2 for me, George? Maybe. Yeah. I enjoyed watching it, though, and I'll watch it again, maybe sooner than 15 years from now. Maybe. God, you know what I did, though, guys, just to make it better for me? I double-featured it with uh, Robert Altman's Kansas City. Let me tell you, that movie sucks. That's a sucky (laughs) movie. It's slow and poorly (laughs) developed, and I don't care about any of the characters, and what is Jennifer Jason Lee doing with her face the whole time? Mm. So I came out of Kansas City thinking, oh, Godfather 2's freaking godfather one and now i realize like oh yeah there were a lot of little issues that just eh. apparently i can't like believe a... that this movie is rated higher than the first one it's i cannot believe the that. same essentially it's the same basically this is rated one of the best sequels ever made. there is no better than way the first. on god's green earth this is better than kill bill 2 or the dark knight or the dark knight or terminator 2 I never T2's. saw that. Awesome. Silent Night, comma, Deadly Night 3. There's no <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah. We, where we get such. Is this where I say such, Predator 2? Such gold. <laughs> hey, Predator 2 is like 30 minutes of an awesome movie. Uh, it's so good. There's no way. There's no way that this movie is. I would like to see. As good as the first. Someone who's actually a huge fan of this movie kind of talk to you about it to see. If they can bring you around, because I okay, I'm not devoted enough to the, this franchise and these movies. I just think it was. I enjoy the acting. I enjoy the a lot of the cinematography. There was a lot that I enjoyed about yeah. it. Yeah, there was a lot that I enjoyed about it. I'm like, don't get me wrong. It was a good movie. It was good. You're offended that it, someone would say it's better than the original. Yes, okay. absolutely. I hear you. No way. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that would agree with you. Not a chance. But there's a lot of people that put this movie up as their number one movie of all time. Okay. Not their number and one they would be gangster wrong. movie. They would be wrong. Right. And that's fine. It's a free country. Last time I checked. It's just like when I talk about Predator and Dan's <laughs> like, ah, as a guy in a suit. 
And I'm like, it's one of the best design creatures on film. Nah, it's a guy in a suit. You know, we could go back and forth. But yeah, in the end, sure. it's opinion. <sighs> Where do we go from here? I mean, it's like... Well, here's the thing, Godfather 2 sucked. Here's the thing. <laughs> we watched... I didn't think it sucked. I said it was a good movie. <laughs> Not as good as the first. I did Monster all. Squad. <laughs> so did you know that they really did have Senate hearings on organized crime in 1963, just like yes. on this? I didn't know that. 63? 63, just like in the movie. It's just instead of yeah. Michael Corleone, it's Joseph Valacci. Well, it's fine. It's 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 weird in a gangster movie where they actually get real. Like I remember in God in uh, Goodfellas, like the first hour and twenty minutes is awesome, and then when it gets to showing the eighties and the, it's kind of a downer. <laughs> it's like all these guys are just losers now. I saw Goodfellas a very very long time ago, and I don't remember anything about the movie, but I remember how it made me feel. Should we watch it? Uh, I remember how it made me feel, too. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like uh, Gavella? I don't know. I mean, I watched it a long time ago, but it just it wasn't on this level for me. Mm. I don't know. You know what I would do? Uh, I, it's kind of like Full Metal Jacket for me. What? I liked it. I love Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, I liked it, it a no, lot. No, I'm saying like, oh, the, the you two know, movie when you watch thing. Full Metal Jacket, gotcha. it's like two movies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you there. Are we talking about this movie or Goodfellas? No, Goodfellas. Like I, I could, okay. I could watch the first hour over and over and over again, like like My Cousin Vinny, right? But the second, I'm kind of like, eh, if I'm feeling it, maybe I'll watch it. Now, see De Niro. Travis, have you ever seen the cut that I think AMC puts on every now and then of Godfather's the one and two? Yeah, the saga where they mix the first two together chronologically. I was going to bring that up because it might might help George a little bit. I've never watched it. I'm interested now, having yeah. seen the movies enough now that like I'm ready to do that. Six hours is a lot to ask of me, but just to watch it chronologically once, I think I'll try. But it's like re, it's recut, right? It's it's told in in chronological order. Yeah, that, that might be that might be worth a a, a look see. But it might take away all the cool duality stuff. Like I yeah. don't know. That's kind of important. If without that, the second movie is way less. You know, it's even lesser than yes. George thinks it is. Like. If they take away that. So I don't know. I'll try it at some point. The, but George should duality. be aware that The that duality exists. is cool. It, the duality yeah. was cool. But would you watch it chronologically, George? Would I? Six hours, 25 minutes or so? For, for pleasure? <laughs> no. <laughs> as, a, as a school project? Would I, would I watch The Godfather again? For pleasure? Yes. Yes, I would. Will I pull up clips of parts of this movie on YouTube just to rewatch because I like because I it made me feel a certain way? Yes, I will. Will I watch Godfather Two again? Maybe at some point in my life. I got a lot of years ahead of me, hopefully, mm. but not not on the regular. So I guess a. Uh, uh... Godfather 3 is out of the question. I don't know. Is that any good? It's in there. (laughs) It's in there. There's a lot. It's the same as this. There's a lot of um, imagery and scenes that are good, but the two or three bad things about this movie are bad. Unforgivably bad. Yeah. I mean, there's no Tom Hagen. Well, then let's not bother. And and, uh, Scorsese's daughter's in it, and she's she should be in clerks. So 
but she's a good director. That's Sophia. She's Coppola. an amazing director, but not a good actress. There's a reason she's a director. Now. And it kind of tells us. It kind of tells the story that we're talking about because uh, none of Michael's kids really become bosses or or involved. It happens to be his is his nephew. Oh, I haven't watched it in a long yeah, time. Andy, Gar- Andy Garcia, I believe, is the son of Talia Shire, of Connie. So I think he becomes like the Sonny, Sonny type character. So he's a hothead. Or no, he's Sonny's child, grown up. Andy oh, Garcia. no. So he, oh, no. Yeah. He has that uncontrollable... Anger, yeah. Rage. rage. And it's weird, like uh, Joey Montaigne, is that his name? Joe Montaigne? He plays like a badass boss, and I can't see him as a badass because he's always he's he's played so many comedic roles that I just kind of thought it was funny to watch him try to play a badass. But I mean, it's part of the trilogy. Yeah, it shows Michael legit ish. It's not supposed to be a trilogy. It's supposed to be one story and then a coda. Hmm. But yuck, part three. <laughs> but yeah, she ruins it. Apparently, Winona Ryder was supposed to play that part. And that maybe probably would have been a lot better. That would have been so maybe much we better. can reach out to uh, uh, Peter Weller and he can change my mind. Yeah, right. I have two ideas for where we should go for our next episode. Travis, do you want George to take off the cans, or should he be involved in our discussion, or should we let him pick? Why don't we let him pick? Ooh. Wow, we never did that before. Da, I, like da, this. Da, I like this da, on the da. fly this shit. Is, this is new. Okay, <laughs> so this is new and different, Here guys. is where we're going. And George, I'm going to let you choose your path, right? Down uh, path number one, behind door number one. Don't tell me the name of the movie. I have a movie that would have nothing to do with the Godfather movies at all. But okay. it would have to do with discussions we've had previously. Uh, on previous episodes. It would connect to movies we've seen before and haven't yet watched, and it would be controversial uh, at the time and probably still today, and also just recently had a re-release, so it'll be in the zeitgeist a little bit more. Okay. Door number number B (laughs) would be connected very much to what we just went through with these last two movies. However, not directly. Uh, but it would feature people that Travis just mentioned minutes ago, as well as things that we've talked about on the show before. In fact, I think the movies come up a couple of times. So, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's in our orbit. We're going to be hitting it eventually. We could hit it right now. Mm. I'm curious about what A is, because I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what it is that we've discussed that, that fits that description. Do you know what these two movies are, Travis? I know what the second one is, but I don't know... Maybe you don't know number A to me. Number A is is. I'm gonna check my texts to see if he sends me number A. Oh, yeah. So those are our choices. Right. Uh Hmm. Oh, but there was a third choice. Oh damn. What's the third choice? Uh, number C. I don't know C. that this is a good Roman idea. Roman numeral C. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. The thing is, after what we've heard from George, I feel like the C oh. would be piling on a mm-hmm. little bit. I don't think in a good way. 
But at the same yeah. time, it may blow him away to a, to the point that like he prefers it to Godfather Part mm. Two, and that discussion would be insane. But I'm kind of here for it. Hmm. Or I could just let Travis pay. <laughs> I c- well, you I don't know where know. I was going. I do. You were thinking B. I, I was well. I I didn't. A didn't pop into my head. Um. C. I know has come up a few times, but it might be too soon. And B is in the wheelhouse, but a total different take. But is all three are good. So, I mean, it's just a matter of where we want to go. Like I was, before we did the Godfather, we were going down a route that I would like to go back to at some point. Yeah. I think, uh, because of logistics, I'm not going to be able to arrange what we were hoping for okay. this soon. Cause I mean, we're recording Monday, so I don't have time to get the, Oh, so then B is out then. Right. Are we talking about the same B? I don't think we're talking about the same B. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, let me send you another GIF. Oh, what's the B? <laughs> Wait, was that just the Captain Chaos? <laughs> Are we doing Cannonball Run? I mean, why not? Why not? <laughs> dun, dun, Sorry, this dun. is the this is the B I was referring oh, to. Oh, shit. No, my God. That was not what I was thinking. So, yeah, I should have. That's not what we discussed. Not a bit. No, I've I've in my head, I, I think I've. I think one of these three, each one of these three connects in a certain way, but not enough that we end up down like a, a wow. That's right? that's a horse of a different color. Is, oh is golly, the, uh, mayor said pick, though. <laughs> uh, I thought we were going. Uh, George is just sitting here. I kind of think I honestly, I'm sitting here thinking C seems the most intriguing, mostly because Travis isn't not ready yet. Well, not that you're not ready. Here's the thing about C, right? If we were to watch C, I would kind of want you to see it in the context of other films from the same guy. So it might put us on a little spin, if that's okay with Travis. Because I think there's context that you need, but I don't know. Maybe we don't. Maybe we just do the one and we just keep moving. I'm kind of down for whatever, guys. I'm going to be watching A this week either way because it just came in on 4K and I can't wait. Mm. Uh, And there's no evidence of pausing, which is good for you. Yeah, I can't accidentally leave it paused. (laughs) Uh, But, you know... I I, haven't seen any of these in a long time, so I'm good. I have all three on 4K, so it's going to be fun. I mean, yeah, C is kind of fun. I mean, (laughs) you know. Do we give, I almost want to just tell him what C is so he can say, ah, uh, yeah, no, or, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Why don't you just tell me what all the movies are? <laughs> the mystery was fun. Is it Colonel Mustard in the in the uh, the library? To be fair, he doesn't know these movies, and so we'll tell him the name of the movie, and he still won't know. Okay. So behind door number A is a, a little flick from a familiar director uh, called Basic Instinct. Have you ever heard of Basic okay. Instinct, George? I've heard of it, yeah. What do you think it's about? I have no idea. Awesome. What about... Whatever it is, it's basic. <laughs> uh, behind door letter two... It's about, it's about chicks getting lattes or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, behind door letter two, you have Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992 or three. 
Okay. Uh, and then C, you have the Brian De Palma classic, uh, Scarface. Mm. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uncrossing my legs right now. I. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing it's not kilt day. Yeah, right. Do you know anything about the Dracula? Because that could help your decision as well. No. It's directed no. by Francis Ford Coppola. It's a Ford Coppola movie. And it's got Keanu Reeves in it. And it has... Uh, Gary Oldman. Billy... What's his name from Once and Again? Uh, the Rocketeer. And, <laughs> oh, Billy, Billy Zane? No, and it's the reason Billy Campbell, and, I think, or something. Oh, Bill Cam- I think Billy Zane's in it as well. Oh, he isn't he? I think you're right. I think he plays one of the guys, uh, the the Lucy's guys. Hold on, I think you're right, but let me double check. I love Billy Zane. I've only ever seen him in maybe this if he's in it, and then uh, Survival Island, which I don't think is ever going to make the show. Yeah, but he's it, in the dead. He's in the dead calm. He's in. Uh, oh yeah, dead calm. I forgot about uh, that. He movie. was the phantom. He was the phantom back in the 90s. Oh, he was superhero the purple before it was suit. cool. Hells, yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I do um, like Billy Zane. He was in Titanic, uh, which, you know, hated or not, still good movie. I like that part where the guy pings off the propeller. That's about it for me. <laughs> which is, Bill Burr makes reference Yo, to that. <laughs> I watched that Bill Burr today. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to be that guy. The guy that falls in between and hits off the pe- propeller. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I love him. <laughs> Women think this is a romantic movie. This is a horror, horror movie. movie for guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, holy moly yeah billy campbell uh billy. who is the, the rocketeer. rocketeer yeah mm-hmm. love the rocketeer which is very watch, underrated movie let's just watch the, the rocketeer i'm i've changed my mind that movie rocks have you ever seen rocketeer Ooh, i like what travis oh. just sent me though mm. 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 see i thought george would like godfather 2 because it's kind of a tragedy it is a lot of a tragedy we you know, found the tragedy he doesn't like. You know, I thought <laughs> he that he had more happy. I thought that too. I thought that too when it ended. That it was tragic, and I should like it. There's nothing redeeming about that movie at all. There's zero redeeming quality other than the final scene, which kind of shows you a flashback, but it's not really. None of those people are coming back. Yeah, it's I don't a shame know. they couldn't get the, uh, Brando to come in and do like last scene i yeah. know that was a bummer like you knew they were going to tease you with it i, yeah, I mean it was cool to have them singing in the other room that kind of added to that scene but it'd been nice to see brando but how many years later was it like three yeah four? just two or three it wasn't that long he was, he was available accessible. he was available he probably was protesting something he hadn't gone full looney tunes Crazy. yet Nah, he didn't do that till probably mid-90s, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Island of Dr. Moreau. Like, yeah. He, I think he did a movie, like The Freshman, I think, with Matthew Broderick. That was probably the last time he was not loopy. All I know is if George ever watches Last Tango in Paris, the next time his wife's making Christmas cookies and, and needs an ingredient, he's going to giggle, and she's not <laughs> going to know why. So what are you feeling? A Pacino at 11? <laughs> As a Colombian drug lord? He's like Puerto Rican or something? I don't know. It's very... No. no. He's Puerto Rican in a Colombian drug cartel or something? At, I don't know. 
at first, number C was what I was leaning towards. Okay. And when you told me the the titles of the movies, number C is what I got most excited about. Okay. But I'm actually thinking because numbers A and B have been mentioned so much. Mm-hmm. 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 And I know how you guys feel about them. Also, do we throw D in there just to screw them up? Scarface is like, you're also saying that this is like kind of something where you have to see. A, you don't a bunch have of stuff. to see any other De Palmas, but it's like, in my opinion, one of the weaker De Palmas, even though it's super popular. So if you okay. watch Scarface and hate it, I'm going to feel obligated to show you good De Palma so you can see. Okay, so why let's I not like do Scarface. Guy. Let's just not do that. The only re- thing about Scarface is that every every rapper on the planet idolizes this man, this character, this movie. Like it's it's like their godfather for some reason. Like they every they have two movies. Every guy in my dorm had a Scarface poster for some reason. Right. Except me, I had an A10 Warthog because I'm a geek. <laughs> Do we throw uh, four in there to see? I think if he, D he, is your choice next week, no matter what. Okay. So he, no matter what he chooses this week, next week he's getting the D. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Oh my! I'm doing the other GIF of the black guy going, "Oh, oh God!" <laughs> Did you ever see that guy? He's like, he's talking about uh, Titus from uh, uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Titus Andromedon. Anyway, I don't know. All right, so Basic Instinct or Graham Stoker's Dracula? <sighs> Did I say that right? Yep. Bram Stoker? Okay. Um, I don't know, guys. What do you think? I want to go Basic Instinct, I think. And I don't want to tell you all the reasons why, but there's a lot of reasons having to do with our podcast that I think will pay off with you realizing, like, oh, I should have thought about that when I watched the movie. It definitely ties in, and it would introduce him to Michael Douglas, which is good. So, You've already met Sharon Stone. Let's do that. Because Dan wants to do it, and also I've heard Basic Instinct come out of your mouth multiple times, too. Whoa, whoa, (laughs) whoa. So I know that this this is an important movie. Let's watch it. Number A, please. Oh man! All right, Travis. Do you realize we've we've now done more Verhoeven movies than I wasn't going to tell him it was a Verhoeven movie. <laughs> oh my god! I can't believe it. Hey, remember? You know what was a really good tragedy though? In this kind of same vein, almost the movie Blow. Mm. Have I ever seen Blow? Is that Val Kilmer? I think I've seen that one. No, it's Depp, isn't it? Yeah, it's Depp. Oh, then I haven't seen that one. I'm thinking of something Oh, else. man. You got to see that, I'm not a dude. Johnny Depp fan. I have one that movie of his matter. that I really like. Wait, what's Eating Gilbert Grape? No, Pirates it's of the a, Caribbean? it oh. takes place on a small suburban street. <laughs> Elm Street? Hell yeah, man. I like that movie. That's not really a Depp movie. I know. That's why I like it. Okay. That's like, that's like <laughs> saying Friday the 13th is a Bacon movie. Yeah, exactly. That's my favorite Kevin Bacon movie. So it's, there you go. Oh, stop. He's done so many good movies. Yeah, he we was could in, do all uh, season on him. Super. Have you guys ever seen Super? That's real good. Murder in the First is a really good movie. I don't know if you ever saw that. I don't know. Super uh, is. Hollow uh, Man is good. Yeah. It's an Invisible Man remake. 
Dan, you need to see Blow. All right, I'll put it on my list. Well, George, I think you uh, know what you're up for next week, although you have no idea what you're getting into. And uh, it's too bad he told you it's a Paul Verhoeven movie. Dang. I don't even remember that. Oh, good. Okay. Then even... (laughs) (laughs) All right, rock Mm. and roll. Uh, Okay, so we'll see you here back in a couple of days for uh, Basic Instinct, whatever that is. (laughs) And also, happy birthday, Peter Weller. It's his birthday today. Oh, is it? Happy birthday, Peter Weller. Thank you for finally convincing George that at some point he has to watch RoboCop again and enjoy it. No, RoboCop is good. Damn right. It's good. Yay. I was wrong. It's good. We're doing the Lord's work. We can't say we did it. Peter Weller did it. (laughs) And so convincingly, too. It took him five minutes. (laughs) Hey, this is Dan M. Post, and I'm not going to have to point out that George just brought up RoboCop after saying he doesn't remember who Paul Verhoeven is, do I? Am I pointing that out? Or you already got that? Cool. You already got that. Anyway. Thanks for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Remedial Film Pod. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Remedial Film Pod. And don't forget, we're on your RSS feeds like Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but we're also on YouTube. So either way, we got you covered every Wednesday. We'll see you next week with Paul Verhoeven's Basic Instinct. Uh, I'm phase number uh two in in a 12-step program to get butt work made by the way oh yeah butt work i have a couple theater people i've been talking to that we made butt work oh hey kevin smith told me to call uh, my uh, remake speaking of butt work (laughs) butt work okay